You are listening to an audio recording from Family Life Church. It is our wish that you will receive hope from God's Word. Now on to today's message. Debt and pressure and stress. Past the galaxy of payments and heavy mortgage. We want to go to infinity and beyond, right, in our financial life. You can just shake your head yes, because it's true. We all want to get there, yes. And I'm going to show you today some key laws, a key law in God's uh, financial system and God's word that we can take to prove to you that you can get there in your financial life. You know, about 18 years ago, I was heartbroken. I was confused. I had a doctor's report that crushed the dreams I had to have a family My body needed healing. It was broken. It wasn't working right. But then the word of God came and I aligned my, my, uh, understanding. I let it change the way that I thought and it came into my life and it brought me to a different place. And today where today my home isn't quiet and lonely today, we live on a different stratosphere. Our home is noisy and active and full of energy. Why? Because the word of God took us from a place of brokenness and desperation and confusion to a place of satisfaction and fulfillment in our family. About eight years ago, my husband was on the planet of facing anxiety 24-7. Symptoms were overwhelming his body. Day and night, fear was trying to come and plague him and advise him about our future. There was a serious lack of peace a serious lack of hope, a serious lack of confidence for our future. But then the word of God came, right? Or actually we gave our attention to the word of God. And we saw that God has some healing laws and God's word became medicine to to his flesh. And today he's on a different stratosphere. He's no longer bound by torment and anxiety and symptoms in his body. Praise God. And if you've been following Jesus for any time and you've really seriously let the word come in and start transforming you, I am sure you can look at something in your life and say, we're on a different stratosphere than we used to be. Anybody say amen to that? Amen. And that's what God wants to do for you and for me in regards to our finances. Surely if he's done it in one place in our life, he has the power to do it in another place. He has the power to do it in our finances. And today I want to look into how that happens. So let's look at Romans chapter 12. Um, as we begin, we've looked at this verse the last couple of weeks. It says in verse two, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Insert the topic of money. And the Bible says, don't copy the money behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person financially. How does he do it? By changing the way we think about money. You know, if we've opened up our lives the last couple of weeks and allowed the word to start transforming us, there are some things that we've learned. We've learned that to every promise, including money promises, there are two sides. There's a God side and a man side. We've learned that if we engage in the human side and we align our lives to what God's word says and do the man side, that the God side opens up to us. Amen. We, we saw the second week that even though we see the God side, fear comes along and tries to advise us. And we all have a fear threshold. And I'm convinced that when it comes to finances and people who call themselves Christ followers, fear is the number one thing that keeps us from aligning our life to God's word. But we saw that God's word transforms us into a new person financially by changing the way we think. When we give our attention to God's word, it fills us with faith and allows us to step right past fear 
and natural thinking and step into the God math, right? We saw last week, we dove deep into what the tithe is, and we saw that the tithe is God's. There's no question about it in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, from way before the law to the law to when Jesus walked the earth, the tithe was relevant to every person's life. And the tithe belongs to God. It's that top 10%. God said, it's holy. It belongs to me. The instructions for God's people were you take it from your house and you bring it to my house. You don't let that 10% shuffle in with the rest of the 90. No, we separate it. It belongs to God, right? And that was what what we saw with the 10%. Well, today we're going to talk about the 90% that God allows us to keep and to steward. And we're going to look at, like I said, a law that shows us how to really get the God math on that 90%. And so today there are two takeaways from this teaching. And the first one is this. In order to understand how to get the God math on our 90%, we have to become a student of seed time and harvest. We become a student of seed time and harvest. You know, 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, which we're going to look at in a little bit, talks about the word talks in the word about how our money is like seed. Money comes into our hand. We know that first 10% is actually the test. We either honor ourselves and money or we honor God with it. But then the other 90, we get a chance to put where we want it. We get a chance to do with that 90% what we desire to do with it. And the Bible says that it's money is like seed. We have the choice to take that seed and create something with it. Genesis, let's look at that in chapter 8. It says, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. So about, about becoming a student of seed time and harvest, we see that seed time and harvest will never cease. It's a kingdom law. It's how God operates. Actually, anything and everything is a result of seed time and harvest. Everything and anything works that way. It works for corn. It works for soybeans. It works for cows. Every single blade of grass, seed time and harvest. Every single tree, seed time and harvest. Every animal, every person, it's a law. And actually, all the things I just named are natural examples. It's the pattern in the natural that we see to, to kind of let us understand the principle So we can get a higher understanding, a spiritual understanding of how God's system, his system's different than the world system. The world system of money says if you can just run fast enough and work hard enough and maybe buy enough lottery tickets, maybe you'll be able to rest. But God's system says if you can just understand my laws, if you can cooperate with my system and let me lead you, I will do something amazing with your money. God's system versus the world system. There are two systems. And God's system says that seed time and harvest is a law. You know, we live in the Midwest in a farm country. And today I'm sporting some support for that with this flannel shirt. I wore this on purpose because I'm talking about seeds and harvest and a little bit of farming today. And so we live in the Midwest. So it's not really rocket science to us that if you plant a corn seed, you get corn. In fact, we know that if there's a farmer that lived in Marion and there are a few crops that are conducive to our, our land, right? He could actually decide what kind of crop that he wants. So let's say he wants corn. Well, it's really not a big mystery as to what he has to do to get a harvest of corn. What does he do? Everybody lives in this region, right? 
He plants corn. It's not rocket science to us. So we drive by corn all the time. It's not a mystery. But what we know about corn is that the very picture of what the farmer wants at the end is in the beginning. The very DNA to produce the whole entire crop of corn is wrapped up in this seed. The power is in this seed. The miracle is in this seed. The DNA for what he wants is in this seed, right? And he knows that if he plants the seed into the ground, and if the environment is the right environment, which we live in the right environment for corn, that over a process of time, he knows that all by itself, that seed will produce. And why? Because it's a law. It's the law of seed time and harvest. It works every time. It works all the time. And it works for everything. The law of seed time and harvest. It's a law. It's a law. And the Bible says the seed time and harvest law actually works for your money. If you sow buying a lunch for someone, God says that he will send a harvest to you of lunches or of food or of kindness in your life. Why? Because it's a universal law and it works for everything. If you sow good friendship, the word says that God will see to it that you will have good friends. Why? It's a universal law. It works for everything, every time. If you sow into uh, the Heart for the House project, which we're all engaged in doing that in this season, and we sow into marking off a project that the church uh, is going after, that's God's agenda, what are you going to reap? Well, the Bible says if you sow into God's agenda to mark off a project, he's going to see to it that you reap a harvest of marking off projects for your agenda, for your family, for your business, for yourself personally. That's the promise of God, seed time and harvest. You know, this is the, the cool thing is that God created the system, and he knows exactly how it works. And at any time, if any of us just ask, God, please come alongside me and be my financial advisor. We will have the one who makes planets for a living, who's designed seed time and harvest to come alongside of us and to be our advisor financially, to be the one who counsels us. The Bible says that he has specific things, specific details for sowing, specific ways for reaping. He knows your scenario. He knows the connections you need, the networking that you need. He knows the business opportunities that you need to walk into. He knows exactly what you need at the right time. He is the king financial advisor. And at any time, many of us have the opportunity to ask him to come alongside of us and to be our financial advisor. So that's point one, becoming a student of Sea Time and Harvest. See, becoming a student is different than just knowing that it exists. I can know that chemistry exists, but I am not a student of chemistry. <laughs> I was as a junior a little bit, right? I know that there are things that exist in the world, but let's become serious about becoming a student of some of God's laws and processes, right? So that's number one. Point number two is where we're going to spend most of our time today. And point number two that we have to know to have God's math come on our money is that we choose the measure. We choose the measure when it comes to seed time and harvest. Luke chapter 6, verse 38 says this, Give to others, and God will give to you. Indeed, you will receive a full measure a generous helping poured into your hands, all that you can hold. The measure, somebody say measure. The measure you use for others is the one that God will use for you. 
So I'm going to take just a minute, and I want to talk about the measure. Again, we, le- we live in a region that is conducive to grow corn. And so, really, we have enough room in our backyard, and maybe if you have a backyard, you can decide, you know what, I think I'm going to have a garden, and I think I want to grow some corn. And so we could take a measure of a spoon, a spoon-sized measure, and we can throw some seed. Well, actually, we'd have to get our our yard ready first. We all know that, okay? So we get the yard right and all that stuff. And then we put some seed in the ground and we make sure that there's water and that the sunshine is hitting the corn. It's not like just in the shade or whatever. And we, we know that over a process of time, that corn will come up. And the way that God multiplies is that he doesn't just give one piece of corn for one seed of corn. No, the way that God's math comes on my little seeds is that he takes that and he grows up a whole stalk with ears of corn, with tons of seeds, hundreds of seeds from one. That's God's multiplication system. So you know what? I could reap that corn, and wow, this is so fun, and our kids can be involved, and we can eat that corn, and we can be excited about that corn. We can even can some for the winter. And for a season, our family would be satisfied. God, thank you for multiplying my corn seed. I also have the option, though, of thinking about continuing the process. And instead of eating all the seed, I hold some seed back. Because, you know, actually, God took from my measure and he multiplied it. So the measure I gave God, he took my measure and multiplied against my measure for the harvest. And the measure that came multiplied back to me is actually way more than what was in this little spoon to begin with. Right? Corn seed. And so I actually have the ability to eat some of that corn and to hold some back to make more corn next season. And so that's what I do. I decide, you know what, I'm going to go through this again. God, this was kind of fun. You know, we liked putting those seeds in the ground and seeing corn come back. So this time, I'm going to sow a cup full. Now, so, the, so I go ahead and I sow the cup full and everything in my yard. And when I come back this time for the harvest, there's not just a multiplied measure against this anymore, is there? There's a multiplied measure against this. God takes the measure we use. He does the miracle of multiplying it, but he only multiplies it against the measure that we use. So this time I go ahead and I reap the corn and wow, there is way more corn than last year. There's so much corn that I actually can invite some people over to give them corn. So now not only is my family satisfied, but my friend's family is satisfied. And I decide, you know what? This is, this is really cool. I'm actually going to save a lot more of the seed this time. But how many know that if I have a bucket full of seed, it's going to take more intention than just my little six-foot plot that I, that I started with in my garden? So I'm going to have to say, okay, God, what do I do? Okay, I'm going to have to create my whole entire backyard for my corn. Okay, well, that might mean that we have to move the kids' swing set to the side. That might uh, mean that I have to, like, dig up certain things and get some, throw some rocks out. But I'm creating room in my life I'm creating room in my yard for the whole bucket. And so I put that whole bucket of seed in the ground. And because I'm a tither and the windows of heaven are open to me, the rain comes down. And, man, it just saturates. It just makes this a bumper crop of corn. And when it's time to harvest, I'm like, whoa. I mean, I knew there was going to be a lot. But, wow, this is way more than the spoon. This is way more than the cup. This is a lot of harvest. So now I call my family, I call my friends, and we have a canning party. And we also have cookouts and enjoy all this corn. 
And I have so much corn seed because God is the great multiplier that I don't just have a bucket now. Come on, guys, bring it out. Now I actually have enough seed to save up for a wheelbarrow full. And I even have to have my friends help. Thank you, Mr. John. And so now I'm like, wow, this is a lot of seed. And I know that I don't own Carhartts, and I only have a flannel shirt, but I know enough by now to know that my yard isn't big enough for this. So I say, God, my financial advisor, what am I supposed to do with this? And he kind of moves on my heart. Hey, you need to buy some acreage. You need to take a faith step. You need to have this small business transaction happen. And it's a little stretch for me because, again, I only have a flannel shirt. I haven't been raised to be a farmer. But, you know, it's like I know God's asking me to make this faith step. He's trying to get more of his God math into my life. And to do that, I have to take a step. So he orchestrates an opportunity, and I'm able to buy some acreage. And now I have this acreage, and I have to become even more of a student of seed time and harvest because now I might have to look into some irrigation. I might have to look into some fertilizer. I might have to grow myself, right, to get to a place to make room in my life for God to bring greater multiplication to me. That might look like more education. That might look like leaving a job that I had to go to another one. That might look like starting a side business. But whatever it is that God moves on my heart, in this scenario, he moved on my heart to buy some acreage. So now I take this wheelbarrow full of seed, and I, and I scatter it, and, I, and it grows in acreage, right? And so, wow, the harvest is almost overwhelming. I actually need help to harvest this year. I don't just have one or two cookouts. We're having cookouts every weekend with the whole neighborhood. And we're canning all kinds of corn. And then, because I'm intentional about this, I save even more corn seed for the next season. So go ahead and bring that in. Oh, yeah. It's true. Don't worry, everyone sitting in this section. They're prepared for this. So I come over to my truck load full of seed. And I position myself. And I say, wow, God, look what you've done. Now. This is a different stratosphere than the spoonful we started out with, is it not? This is a different stratosphere. This is what God can do. It happens in the natural, yes. We all know that it's true. We just walk through the example. It happens in the natural. But let me let you know this morning, this is, the natural is a pattern for what God does in every area of our life, including our money. And if we can become a student of God's system, and we exercise God's laws, and we align ourselves to his laws and his agenda, then there is no limit to God. There's no limit to you. It doesn't matter where you start out. The Bible says God is not mocked. The measure of intention, the measure of attention, the measure of effort, the measure of faith steps, the measure of faith risks. The measure of seed that we sow according to the word is the measure that God multiplies. Amen. Do you believe that this morning? So I want to show you in the word how God multiplies because God doesn't multiply in ones or twos or fives. 
So let's look at Matthew chapter 13. And Matthew chapter 13 says this. Other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as was planted. Now, when you multiply anything times 30 or 60 or 100, the numbers begin to get big. If I multiply this spoon by 30, 60, 100, that is the way I get to the cup. When we multiply the cup by 30, 60, and 100, that is the way we get to the bucket. Then that's the way we get to the wheelbarrow, right? And that's the way we get to the pickup truck full of seed. Now, I want to show you the word proof because we, we only do what the word says, and we can only base what we do and base our confidence when we see it in the word. I want to show you the word proof of how that God will multiply your money and my money, and it's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. It says this, remember this, the farmer who plants a few seeds will have a very small harvest, but the farmer who plants because he's received God's blessing will receive a harvest of God's blessings in return. Each of you should give whatever you have decided. You shouldn't be sorry that you gave. You shouldn't feel forced to give since God loves a cheerful giver. Besides, God will give you his constantly overflowing kindness. Then you will have everything you need and you can do more and more good things. I'm going to skip to verse 10. God gives seed to the farmer and food to those who need to eat. God will also give you seed and multiply it. In your lives, he will increase the things you do that have his approval. God will make you rich enough so that you can always be generous. And your generosity will, result, will produce thanksgiving to God. Now, this scripture is Paul talking to a church. And he was talking to the church about their actual money offering, just like we take tithe and offerings. That's where this scripture comes from. So God is very much in the business of, under, of, of helping us understand that our money is seed. And the law of seed time and harvest applies to our money. It does. And as much as we align with God's system, as much as we step into it, as much as we exercise it, the measure of faith that we use, the measure of effort we put in, the measure of making room in our life and being intentional about sowing is the measure. God is not mocked. It is the measure that he will return to us times 30, times 60, times 100. It is his promise. So each of us decide what measure we want to use. We don't do this because we're selfish. We don't do this because we feel guilty. We don't do this because we feel pressured. The reason we can do this is because God is transforming the way we think about money by his word. He is transforming the way we think. We don't have to live in fear in the world system. We can step right over to the God side and align ourselves to his system and say, God, I trust you. I'm putting my faith in you. And I know that if I align myself to you, you will be who you say you are. You will, God. So we all ask ourselves, well, what can I do? What can I do? So I'm going to talk very practically about what you and I can do. Now, we've already established the top 10% belongs to God. So we're talking about the 90. And I just want to take a second, because I didn't do this earlier. Can we actually seriously give a huge, I'm talking huge cheer. I'm going to count to three. And I want us to cheer so loudly for the people that stepped into the tithe challenge. One, two, three. Yes. 
And this is why my heart is so excited. Man, we found out, you know, so many people said yes to the tithe challenge. And this is why I'm so excited. Because anytime we see the word of God and it hits us, I'm not doing that. And we're like, God, I'm not doing that. But we say, as scared as I am or as much as I can't really understand how I'm going to do it, I'm going to step into it and obey it anyways. And we make that adjustment. Every time we do that, no matter what it is in the word, the God side opens up to us. And I'm so grateful that so many of you had the courage to step into that tithe challenge. Why? Because you had the courage to do it and it opens up the God side to you. It's not too late. If you still want to take the tithe challenge, do it. Um, that information is there for you at the welcome center if you need it. So let's go back to this so we can say, okay, God, with the 90%, what can I do? And you may be in a place right now that you say, you know what? I'm pretty strapped financially. Like, I'm just going to be honest. Like, I don't have that much money. I don't have that much money to like give and to sow and all that stuff. A couple of things. God says he gives seed to the sower. And it actually just happened to us this week. We made a pledge to the heart for the house that's beyond what we can do. And Pastor Tom was given a check this week that was a very nice check from something that he did. And we took that check. It was seed to the sower. And we sowed it so that we could come up with the harvest we need to give to heart for the house. So we're not saying this because we think it's a cute lesson. Like this is God's system. Okay? So what do we do? We say, God, well, I don't really have that much. So how do I do this? So you say, well, you know what? I can at least do 2%. I can cut out the junk that I'm buying at the grocery store that I don't need anyways. And I can curb some of the stuff I'm doing that's just falling through my fingers and really not producing much. And God, I'm going to give you 2%. Now, God's quite secure. He's not going to go 2%. Oh, my word. That's nothing. God's going to say, okay, baby, come on. Let me show you what I can do with 2%. And he's going to say, let's do this. So you say, I'm going to take this 2%, God. And 2% on my $30,000 salary is uh, $600 a year. That's $50 a month. So God, $50. And so what we do is we pause and we say, where should I sow? You're my financial advisor, God. Where do I sow this money? And immediately some things start coming to your heart and in your mind. And you're like, okay, I love my church. My kids love my church. I appreciate my church. I'm going to go. I'm going to join my church family and go after your agenda at Family Life Church. I'm going to give $30 a month of my 50. I'm going to put that to heart for the house, God. And I, and this is why, because you know that we need a better house. Like we're running out of room in our house, or maybe we need new furniture, or maybe you need to renovate your house. Maybe you need to pay down your mortgage on your house, whatever it looks like. God, I'm believing for a harvest on my house because I'm sowing into your house and you are not mocked. Whatever seed I sow is exactly what I reap. And so you say, God, I'm going to do that. So that's $30 of my 50. You have $20 left and you say, okay, $10, $10. I'm like, okay, this is the deal. I need a promotion at work, God. I need to be noticed. You know, I'm a good employee, but I just, it doesn't feel like people really notice my work. And so I'm going to notice some people. There's a lady that I'm working with. She's having a hard time. I know she likes Tim Hortons. I'm going to buy a $5 uh, coffee and a donut, and I'm going to take that to her and bless her. Just say, you know, I know you're going through a hard time, but I just noticed. So I just hope that this is a blessing to you. I think you're a cool person, and I just felt like God wanted to bless you today. That seed, that's valuable seed to God. 
What else can I do to be noticed? Who can I notice, God? Oh, I know, the pre-K teachers. Every time I take my kid to pre-K, my, my child is kind of cryy and they don't really want to leave, but that teacher always makes just such a big deal of my kid. And by the time I go to pick them up, they don't even want to come home with me. That teacher works her magic, and I am so appreciative of the fact that they take time out and make my kid feel special. God, I want to notice that pre-K teacher. So I'm going to buy a $5 gift card to Panera. Who doesn't like a latte and a cinnamon crunch bagel, right? And so you take that $5 gift card and you say to that pre-K teacher, I just want to say thank you. I've noticed how that you have just um, welcomed my child and helped her feel comfortable, so thank you. And I want to just sow this into your life. Again, $5 to us sometimes can almost seem embarrassing. But if we're intentional with the seed, it is never too little to God, right? So we have some money left. We're like, okay, I have 10 bucks left. And then it hits our heart. Oh, yeah, that stuff that Pastor Tom talked about, child evangelism. I remember when he was showing that stuff, the vision of the church for 2019, child evangelism. It just hit my heart, what we're doing in our community, what we're going to do in Alaska, what we're doing in Africa. God, that stuff hit my heart. I'm going to give my last $10 seed every month to child evangelism. I promise you, God will take that, that little bit of money that you feel is, uh, what difference will it really make? He takes it, and it gives him something to use to multiply it. I think where a lot of us live is we think about that, and we want to do that, but we never actually do it. And anything times zero is what? Zero. God doesn't multiply against our intentions. He multiplies against the seed that we sow, right? And so when we sow that seed, it gives God something to multiply. So then when God does his work, which he will do because he is not mocked, and something happens, and all of a sudden you get this raise at work that you weren't expecting, wow, God, thank you. You eat some of it. Take, take your family out to celebrate. Go buy your kids a new pair of shoes. Pay something off, but don't eat all the seed. This is the key. Don't eat all the seed. Take some of that seed now and say, God, I'm going from 50 bucks a month. I'm going to take it to 75 or to 100 because I'm going to prove, God, I know that this works. And then you go through the process again. And then when you get to a point and maybe you're like kind of feeling irritated a little bit like, God, there's, I I know that you have more, but like my job, I just can't see how I'm just going to get a raise for that much more at my job. God might deal with your heart to buy some more acreage. In other words, he might deal with you to start something in your heart, a side business. He might deal with you to change jobs. He might deal with you to start something to open up another channel for money to come in, right? God is the one who specifically knows your situation. He has so many channels. He is so creative. We just need to participate with the process, stay committed to the process, and keep making room in our life to go from the teaspoon sewing to the measuring cup sewing. And when the harvest comes in on that, we don't eat all the seed. (laughs) We go to the bucket size sowing. And when we get to the bucket size, it starts to feel a lot more fun. We can actually like take our family on a nicer vacation and do fun stuff, but we don't eat all the seed. We go to the wheelbarrow, right? And then we go to, God, thank you, different stratosphere. Now, I think a lot of Christians, what they do is they sow this and they pray for that. And they're always praying for that. God, bless me with a pickup truck full of seeds. God, bless me with, with a blessing so big. But the key to seed time and harvest is he multiplies against our measure, right? Now, if a teaspoon or a tablespoon is where you are, 
God will multiply it. It There's no guilt. There's no condemnation. There is nothing but excitement knowing, God, I'm getting to the cup. I'm I'm sowing my spoon, and I'm getting to the cup. And then we do that process over and over and over. Amen? Has this helped you this morning? My hope today is that each of us can take this simple, undeniable, because we live in farm country, truth, and truly evaluate the seed of our money and ask ourselves, what am I doing with it? Am I even activating God's law? Am I in faith about anything? Am I giving the top 10% to God so the windows of heaven are open? And then after that, what am I giving God to use to multiply? I promise you, the word says, not Pastor Kathy, not Pastor Tom, not just Family Life Church, but God says, God is not mocked. Whatever it is that we sow, we will reap in our life, good or bad. Whatever it is that we sow, we reap. So my my hope is that you take this word and you just don't let it be one of those messages that you hear, but you just take it, you evaluate what you're doing, and you start taking steps. If, even if it's a half of a percentage, you start taking a per, uh, some kind of percentage to give God something to multiply into your life. Now, one other thing about this is we know from watching farmers that it doesn't always happen immediately. There's usually a process of time, but we have to be patient and we have to be committed to the process. And when we're committed to the process, we will receive a harvest. Amen? Amen. We may be in here today and you may say, wow, you know, you've talked about the fact that God, like, changed your life and changed your family and healed your husband. And now you're saying I can totally change my financial reality. But I don't even know Jesus. Like, I don't even know God. I don't even know how to connect my life to him. Well, I want to give you the opportunity today. See, God loves you, and he sent Jesus for you. And we all know the story of how Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and praise God, he did. The other thing Jesus did is he's, he's opened up the God life to us. John 10 and 10 says that there's an enemy that comes to kill and steal and destroy, but Jesus came so that we could, we could have the good life, a life that is good, a life that's fulfilling, a life that is a blessing to others. That's why Jesus came. So today, I just want to give a simple invitation to you. If you have never asked Christ to come into your life, or maybe you have before, but you are not following him, I want to give you the invitation today. So we're all going to bow our heads for just for a minute and allow each of us to evaluate our own heart. And today, if you can say, I need to connect to Jesus Christ, I'm going to ask you to do something quickly, and that is just to raise your hand. We're all going to pray together in just a moment. But if, you, if you're in here and you say, I want to connect my life to Jesus, I need him to come into my life and to forgive my sins, and to lead me to the good life. That's me. If that's you today, just simply raise your hand and do it just quickly. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's so awesome. This is like our favorite part of the service. We get to help people make that transition. Thank you. You can go ahead and put your hand down, and all of us right now are going to stand up together. And I'm going to lead you, everyone through a prayer. We're all going to say it at the same time. And if you mean this from your heart, then God's word says that you will be transformed into a new person. That he'll take that old life, that sin, wipe it clean and give you a fresh start. So let's go ahead and bow our heads and you can say this prayer after me. Say, Father, thank you for Jesus. Jesus, I thank you that you died on the cross for my sin. You took my shame my guilt, 
all my punishment and you opened up to me the good life. Come into my life today. Forgive me of my past and I invite you to give me a fresh start. I'll do my best to follow you my whole life. In Jesus' name, amen.